Hello, welcome to Hacks. It's a tech podcast. My name is Simon. I'm joined by Rob. Hey, Simon. Hey, listeners. Simon, it's just us this week. It is just us this week. So um, we've noticed uh, on our end that there's sort of a recurring scheduling problem that we don't really have a fix for right now. So uh, the way it's going to work for the next little while, at least this is our plan, is that uh, every other week we're going to release a full length uh, episode. And we're going to try to make them a little bit beefier for the next little while um, to make up for the shortfall. And then every other other week, um, we're going to do one of these, a mini-sode on a hopefully a topic that probably doesn't merit a full episode treatment, uh, but hopefully you'll still find interesting. So yeah, let's let's get into it. So often when I think about what's something we can talk about that's uh, a little bit more on the trivial end, my mind roams over to Twitter, although I'm not sure that this particular problem, if we want to call it that, is restricted to Twitter. It is going to be the focus of our episode today. So lately on Twitter, I've been seeing an uptick in um, what I would broadly call brand fuckery. I'm going to sort of offer a taxonomy of what that means um, a little bit later. Um, the, the single tweet that uh, that brought this to mind it wasn't directly from a brand. It was from um, the Twitter page for a, uh, a website called Comic Book Resources. They're verified on Twitter. Uh, now, admittedly, this did only get two retweets and 26 likes, which, to be honest, I think just makes it even worse. Here is the full, the full tweet. Hashtag DC delivers a crushing response to Wendy's viral Marvel preference. So to, to break that down a little bit, um, what they're talking about is, um, I'll, I'll actually, you know what, I'll, I may as well just read from their story, which is what they're, they're linking here. Wendy's has found itself at the center of the age old debate about which publisher is better, Marvel or DC. This interesting turn of events, questionable use of interesting, began when comic book writer Gail Simone, uh, asked the Wendy's Twitter page, which of the two they preferred and the fast food giant answered Marvel. And that's how the whole thing got started. We don't need to break down the whole the whole thing. But um, yeah, so there's a lot going on here. And I'm not sure that it was going on even a year or two ago. Um, this this non story. I mean, let's let's not, let's put aside the fact that someone decided this was a good thing to write up or maybe they were told to write it up or maybe it's advertorial. I don't know. Um, but this idea that brands will themselves have brand preferences and then try to drive engagement based on that feels new and horrible in a, in a unique way. Uh, so I wanted to take a, a brief look at sort of like the horrors of brands on Twitter and what, what we're facing these days. Yeah. And Simon, I think by calling them horrors, you're kind of underselling what's going on because not only did um, Wendy's offer uh, extremely detailed opinions about Marvel versus DC, which like to start with, who gives a fuck, really? But um, it wasn't the only brand that jumped into the shit show. Um, so Little Debbie, uh, the um, candy brand or um, confection brand, if you will, uh, also jumped in um, to offer uh, its very wise words to say that um, our culture is obsessed with competition and comparison. We can't simply appreciate things for what they are. 
Preferences are fine, but often people act as if they have to hate one thing in order to remain loyal to the other. Um, and again, that is Little Debbie, the uh, cookie brand. So it's it's not just brands opining about other brands. It's like right. brands are people now on Twitter. Like a, a brand's um, Twitter profile is not like a, a press release um, delivery mechanism. It's like the brand is personified on the social media platform, which is definitely very new in the last year or so. Yeah, so it's it's new, but it's a new version of a very old brand impulse, right? Which is to try to humanize the brand, to put a human face on the brand, or to like make the, make it seem like the brand is your friend, or the brand is cool, or whatever. Um, it's definitely a new strategy, probably the cheapest strategy they've ever had uh, to do this. I mean, it's free to make a Twitter account. Um, in your in your research, and I know you did some, did you get any sense of who's most likely to be like? Are are these most likely to be heavily workshopped tweets, or do you think they're the they're the product of one underpaid intern? Um, well, this what we're seeing now is sort of like it, it's the culmination of something that's been going on for a couple years. Um, so, Twitter obviously is a company that has sort of been struggling for revenue um, since its inception. Basically, um, the way that it has traditionally made money is just inserting ads um, in the stream of tweets that its users are viewing. But um, that doesn't really make a lot of cash. Um, if you're a heavy Twitter user, if you even use the official Twitter app, which a lot of people don't, um, you've already well trained yourself to ignore the ads. Uh, and Twitter mm -hmm. knows this. Um, so what it's done uh, over the past year and change is start up uh, an actual um, brand consulting division. Um, so brands who are interested in um, increasing their social media footprints on the platform can go to Twitter and get advice about um, how to get um, both better returns on their like paid advertising, but also um, organic advertising. And that is like, just write crazy shit on your Twitter profile and watch the retweets roll in. So Twitter every year releases um, its list of who it thinks were the best brands using Twitter that year. Um, and I say every year, but they've only done it for two years, 2017, 2018. Um, so in the 2017 list, you saw a lot of brands that were doing like very labor intensive one to one relationship building with customers. So like, mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if you or our listeners remember um, the kid who tried to get like a year's worth of free chicken nuggets from yes, Wendy's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. By just tweeting at Wendy's being like, hey, how many retweets would it take for me to get um, a year's worth of shit from you? Yeah, basically um, asking like the Make-A-Wish Foundation, but every wish <laughs> is just for garbage to be shoveled down your yeah, exactly. throat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I wasn't even aware that um, Wendy's made chicken nuggets. So obviously this this campaign worked. Um, so that started as an organic thing. But uh, Wendy's, as it sort of caught on and became viral, uh, realized that they could sort of keep the momentum going. Um, so they started, uh, you know, replying to people who would um, tweet at them being like, uh, it's unfair that this guy needs 18 million retweets, and it would sort of make a joke. Um, and then whoever replied to would retweet what Wendy said, right? So they're increasing their organic reach, getting their uh, name and logo into more people's um, streams. So that was what Twitter considered really good in 2017. Um, you also saw a lot of like the classic... Um, Pizza Hut saying like, what's your favorite pizza topping? Let us know in the comments, um, that sort of stuff. And all of that was like really successful and like had a good return on investment for, as you say, like the poor social media intern, but it would still take a lot of like people power to individually reply to every comment. Yes, yeah. 
Um, so in 2018, when Twitter released its um, list of really successful brands, what we saw was, um, uh, like we were saying at the top of the show, brands that were really um, personifying uh, the the brand itself. So I think somewhere along the line, someone realized, whether it was Twitter or, or one of the individual brands, that there are Twitter users who get insane engagement off of every single thing that they tweet, right? So if you're users uh, of the platform, you know about like Drill. Uh, yeah. This is a guy who is a true artist of the form of Twitter. So like every time you tweet something, there are like thousands of retweets, comments, all this stuff. So the idea being that if you can have a high level of Twitter game as a brand, you could also get that level of engagement, right? And and get a, a monetary benefit from it. We started to see brands doing stuff like KFC, the chicken brand, live tweeted episodes of General Hospital as they were airing because the guy who plays Colonel Sanders was guest starring on General Hospital. Or, oh, Lord. Yes. Uh, or uh, Little Debbie, uh, who we already heard from, and Wendy's... Um, uh, play acted a morning talk show because some random Twitter user asked them to do it, right? So like mm -hmm. acting as though they are real people, these brands. Well, and Lil Debbie was also responsible for probably the most egregious offense in terms of pretending to be a person. Um, and really, I think this was really the tweet that, get, that got me to start thinking about this. This was from about a week ago. Uh, and many of you would have seen this, but for anyone who didn't, I'm so sorry. So... <laughs> Really, the original offense was from the Sunny Delight account, uh, aka Sunny D. And if you don't know what Sunny Delight is, good for you. Um, the original tweet was simply, I can't do this anymore. Uh, <laughs> and then the Lil Debbie quote tweet was, and I will be reading this in full, if you, like at Sunny Delight, was yesterday, feel like giving, feel like giving up. I did, didn't even notice that doesn't make sense until now. Here are some tips. Be realistic about what you can do. Speak with loved ones who will help take break from negative self-talk. Give yourself an incentive for finishing. Remember the quote why of your quote this. So <laughs> now I'm now I'm wondering, like, is there some collusion between the Sunny Delight account and the Little Debbie account that they knew they were going to do this? Or was Little Debbie tr trawling brand Twitter for signs of self-harm? <laughs> They had the alert set up. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, does it does it really matter? I, I think we can assume that the people behind these accounts, whoever they are, um, are uh, on the ball enough um, to catch things like this when they come through. Right. So whether it's uh, planned or organic interactions, um, both parties are very aware um, that this sort of thing is going to get a lot of traction. I mean, the people who notice it, this is the conundrum for me. It's like the, the people who are aware of this interaction going on, I think also realize the cynicism behind it, especially yeah. when brands are talking about really serious, like after school special type issues like depression, right? Yeah. I, I need to mention also that, that that wasn't the only brand interaction with I can't do this anymore. Uh, I think this came first from the Moon Pie account, which I gather is a an American snack treat that I don't think exists in Canada. Um, at least I've never seen it. Uh, they were they simply replied, "What's going on, Sunny?" To which Sunny replied, "Mood last night. All good, MP. Thanks for checking in. Ily." Jesus Christ! <laughs> we told you it was going to get dark. <laughs>
So yeah, I, I'm assuming like I haven't done the the. It's actually it's not easy to find out just in a Google search like if you know if different companies are owned by the same conglomerate. But I'm going to assume there's some sh- there's some shared ownership going on between these various depressed treats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, or like I said before, um, there's sort of a, a force from above in on the marketing side um, driving these conversations. So I mentioned that. Um, Twitter does a healthy amount of business in brand consulting. Um, and this is driven by a lady named Stacy Monero, who is Twitter's global head of content creation. Man, what a job that must be. Um, and she has actually started two different consulting businesses within Twitter, uh, one for huge, huge, huge brands uh, who already have a, a good sort of brand identity and want to just roll that forward on the platform, and one for smaller bland- brands that are just trying to get some traction. Um, and the name of the, the smaller boutique shop is called uh, Hashtag Fuel, which is perfect. Um, and oh. she uh, has said in interviews that um, actually the, the Twitter user that they're most trying to emulate with this strategy is our friend Elon Musk. Um, and Jack Dorsey has said much the same thing. Um, thinking again about this idea of like organic reach, everything that Elon says gets retweeted tens of thousands of times and even talked about in like the mainstream media, right? So what they're trying to do is create campaigns that that have that sort of reach, that have that sort of, you know, off the cuff, um, you can say anything you want sort of quality. So uh, I'm surprised that Elon Musk is their model though and not like Chrissy Teigen, like someone people actually don't, mind broadly i don't know well i mean for twitter the the quality of the tweets doesn't matter right it's just the 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 engagement level yeah yeah so in in a sense our rage at this is just another win for them exactly we're doing twitter's work as we always do and we're doing all these brands work fuck (laughs) uh god damn it i knew there was a downside um so having observed a lot of these tweets um much to my dismay i've identified three broad categories um now we've already heard from i think a couple different varieties of pandering i think that the 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 self-help and uh i think the self-help tweets are, are a good example of pandering um the 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 brand sort of piling on each other and like referencing other brands and relying on like other brand relationships i'm considering some sort of like like a cinematic universe of brands like they all like they all exist together in this world where they where they communicate and have sentience and have these like and have like a mythology between them um which is a truly it's like i thought ready player one sounded dystopian but this is like really upsetting (laughs) um but i have to say the lowest form of um of uh well the two lowest the two lowest forms of of brand tweet, I think, are the woke brand tweets, where they try to um, you know glom on to some sort of um, to some sort of cause. This is not a new thing. I mean, going back recently to stuff like the uh, the Kim Kardashian or the whichever Kardashian it was, or which Jenner was it that was in the Pepsi ad? Kylie Jenner. How could you forget? I don't, I don't watch that shit, man. Anyway, I'm not trying to be hip or anything. I just genuinely haven't seen it. Um, yeah, the Kylie Jenner, Jenner Pepsi ad all the way back decades before to, you know, brands exploiting all sorts of, um, all sorts of things. But I do think what's relatively new in terms of brand fuckery is the horny brand, (laughs) which, uh, I think, I think the genesis of the horny brand was when Netflix 
figured out what Netflix and chill meant. And ever <laughs> since then, they've just gotten way too comfortable with like going on Twitter and like asking people about what they're doing while they're watching stuff or like their viewing patterns. And it's very creepy. It is very weird. I mean, the recent one that I remember was some user tweets at Netflix. Oh, I would let Marie Kondo rearrange my pants or oh, whatever. Yeah, and then yeah. Netflix, oh. yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, you will let us know which organ you'd like to activate some shit. Do you have that? Yeah, yeah. Joey, pull I, that up. Uh, yeah. So the original tweet was by Adam Rippon, uh, who is a, a verified super skater. Um, and the tweet was, I would let Marie Kondo reorganize the organs in my body. Um, which is just the, can I just say the original tweet is very weird because it doesn't even have like necessarily a sexual connotation at all. It's like maybe just implying that he's not healthy. How did these um, motherfuckers get verified? I don't and know. None of us on this podcast are verified. No. Um, anyway. And so Netflix us also verified, of course, replied with, I would happily tell you which organs bring me joy, but this is a family site. Brutal. That was the man. actual tweet. Brutal. What, uh, what's the ratio? Uh, the ratio on the original tweet is not what you would expect. 25 K likes, 151 replies, uh, on the Netflix one. Yeah. Again, 5.4 K likes, 164 replies. Like, I don't know why people are not, but that's, that's that the, but it also suggests to me that they're not, if the goal was to get people to engage, I don't think it worked because I think if people were really engaging, you would, you would be seeing a ratio in action. I think most people just didn't see it or were, were I think most people just did the honorable thing, which was to screenshot it and share it that way. <laughs> we're depriving them of their precious engagement <laughs> while being able to point and laugh at their fuckery that's that by the way is the honorable thing to do on twitter people do not engage directly that's what they want i love the code of honor for twitter we we need to codify that somehow yeah um i i do love uh horny brands like we all do um <laughs> who I, love I, a horny brand? who doesn't love a horny brand um i do think that like the the most interesting for me is the brands that are going totally all in like multi-dimensional with this and i think wendy's is the king or i guess queen of this um uh and the thing something that they did recently was they actually set up a twitch stream um so yes yeah for listeners who don't know twitch is a website that you can go to and watch people play video games mostly video games some other things mostly video games in real time so it's not like youtube where like i make a video and then share it later it's live so the idea is is sort of like interaction with your audience as you're doing whatever and so wendy's or someone who works at wendy's perhaps it's the wendy's girl herself uh has been playing you know Fortnite, overwatch whatever um while fans of wendy's tune in to watch and you know type back and forth and have like real brand interactions which is how we all want to spend our time um so I went back and watched some of the videos purely oh, for Lord. research purposes for this Rob. podcast. They they were very bad as expected. So like um, Wendy's is sort of like, I guess like all the brands that we're talking about today, it's like aping the conventions of the, the platform that it's um, operating on, but it's not really doing it in a genuine way, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the hallmarks of like a Twitch stream is that there is a person playing the video game that you're interacting with. So there's an expectation that like the streamer, as they're called, would be like using what like you might have a camera on them uh, that's overlaid over the gameplay yeah. or, and or they might be talking. Racial slurs. Yeah, I mean, racial slurs, huge part of it. 
Um, but there was no commentary on this. The video was completely silent except for the sounds of the game. So that's like really weird. There's no actual interaction going on. Um, but the chat was like thousands of people just like complaining that their Wendy's order is late and the, the <laughs> Wendy's <laughs> account typing back to them like, oh, we're so sorry. Use this code for a free sandwich. So it was like a, a really weird amalgam of like there is gameplay happening, but really the only interaction is just like real time customer service. So it feels like they haven't figured that one out yet. They haven't figured nope. out how to leverage Twitch. But they do have three quarters of a million total views on Twitch, which is ginormous. I wonder if that's all real traffic or if someone's gaming that in some way. Um, Wendy's is is especially good at, well, good, quote unquote, at all of the things we're talking about. So uh, if, if you'll permit me to describe another tweet, um, this was one that I really enjoyed. Um, out of nowhere, this user named at xx underscore lightning underscore xx tweets at wendy's the official wendy's account wendy's drop a fire emoji this. verse i saw this uh, <laughs> and wendy's replies the like they they were trying right so this is what they come back with i don't know if i'm gonna read this whole thing but th- so what they said was fresh never frozen ain't just a line we've been doing that ish they can't say shit since 69 hit play in we beefin cause that ish boppin then grab a fo 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 cause you know it be poppin which like it, again like genuine interaction like they're going for it and that tweet was sw- sent from twitter for iphone so like there's an authenticity there and it's it's stupid it's dumb but the guy that they were replying to it's a real person. Like, this is just a dude who wanted to see what Wendy's would say when he tweeted at them. And this guy only has, like, 29 followers. Like, he's a real person. This was not, like, a, a an agency-instigated brand interaction. I mean, it, did you check the, the tweet history of that guy? Like, had he just started an account? Okay, conspiracy theorist. I thought that was my <laughs> role on this show. Uh, it, I, did, I did browse some of the photos, and it looked like... Okay. He's a real person, like a real unless person. he was like a vat-grown clone just for this purpose. Okay, well, we may have to return to the topic of brand fuckery on Twitter or elsewhere, but I think that's enough coverage for this topic. For I have week. so many more tweets. What are you talking about? I know about? you do. I know, but we're, you know, you've got a child to engage with soon, and it's it's this is enough Twitter content for one week. <laughs> Mount Rainier, the actual mountain. Tweets about the most recent winter storms in the Pacific Northwest. It says, I got something that can melt all that ice and snow. Let me know if I can help. Volcano emoji. And then Mount St. Helens, another actual mountain, tweets back with this epic clapback. Bitch, please. The joke being that Mount St. Helens is a larger volcano than Mount Rainier. Fucking government accounts are doing this now. Simon, this is like a national emergency and no that's one true. is that's, talking that's about it. That's taxpayer money. That's different. That's uh that's true. You're right. This is now this is now a full-blown crisis. Well, we will be continuing to bring you the most important stories on the front line <laughs> of tech and online culture, but uh, we are going to be signing off for now. Uh you can find me on Twitter at Hollowmines and Rob at RG Scherf with an H with a CH, I should say. And uh, do consider rating and reviewing over on iTunes. Maybe not right after you've listened to this one. Maybe after one of the better ones. And um, yeah, Uh, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed our deep dive into the Quadriga thing last week. And I'm hoping to have more developments on that at some point in the near future. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.